Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. Check us out online at ceoraider.com. Rate your company, rate your CEO, comment away until your heart's content. It's all anonymous at ceoraider.com. I wanted to catch you up quickly on a couple of articles that we published at Tech Today over the past two days. Uh, the, the first one is, is Microsoft. And so we posited that Microsoft ought to spin out LinkedIn to capitalize on the rich valuations in the equity market. So LinkedIn, the closest comp I believe to LinkedIn is a company called ZoomInfo, ticker ZI. Both LinkedIn and, and ZoomInfo make a living around entity data. So people, places, things. And then that entity data is surrounded by a content wrapper. So very similar business and similar business model in many respects, similar revenue model. And so when you look at Zoom Info, and all of this is in our note, if you look at revenue calendar 20 versus calendar 19, 47% revenue growth. And I don't have the organic number in front of me, but the, much of that 47% is organic revenue, organic revenue growth rather. And Zoom Info currently trades as of the price at the end of last week anyway, currently trades at uh, an EV to trailing revenue multiple of 45 times. And in this environment, you know, many software companies are trading at 20 to 40 times revenue, which feels egregious to me, but that's, that's, that's the range. LinkedIn. So if you go through Microsoft's filings and they're on a, a, a June fiscal year, so you have to normalize their numbers to line up with Zoom Info, which is on a calendar year. And so if you normalize Microsoft's numbers, calendar year 20 revenues for LinkedIn were $8.8 billion, up 17% over calendar 19 at $7.5 billion. And I don't have uh, adjusted operating figures for, for LinkedIn, just, just top line. And so if you were to apply a 20 times multiple EV to, to revenue on, on LinkedIn for calendar 20, you get an implicit enterprise value of $177 billion. So you know, a reasonably conservative number given the, 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 the multiple range that's out there for software companies. So I, I didn't run a, a, a scenario analysis, but if you wanted to run 20 times, I just gave you the number, 25, 30 times, 35, 40 times, and it could come up with your, your valuation range. And so you know, in frothy times like this, if you're a CEO like Satya Nadella at Microsoft, and you have a large portfolio, not only of, of products and services, but a large portfolio of, of businesses, many of which could, could stand alone as, as separately traded companies. It would make sense, given rich valuations and given that interest rates are likely to remain low for a number of years, fair to assume that valuations are going to remain inflated for the foreseeable future. Thus, why not capitalize on those inflated valuations and spin off businesses that have profiles that would benefit from being separately traded. Because at the moment, LinkedIn is buried inside of Microsoft, right? If you recall, Microsoft acquired LinkedIn in 2016 for $26 billion. So why not spin that off? And I'm sure there are other units that would potentially would, would, would make sense that are currently running as primarily as standalone units inside of Microsoft. Why not spin them out? But LinkedIn seemed like the obvious one. But it's not just Microsoft that ought to be thinking like this, CEOs of other large co companies ought to be thinking like portfolio managers all the time, but especially now, and figure out what, what could we as a company spin off such that we could unlock significant shareholder value. If you want to look at companies that, that do this regularly, I would look at uh, IAC, Barry Diller's company. I would look at um, Liberty Media, John Malone's company. They regularly scale companies to a point where they can function in the market 
as standalone companies and, and once they've reached that point that they typically receive their own ticker symbol and, and trade as standalone companies. So that was the first item. You, you could check that out. Uh, we published that on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we published an article just sort of recapping the Gary Gensler SEC nominee chair, uh, chairman hearing. And you can read about it. I'm not going to recap it in detail here on this episode because it's, it's, it's just painful to watch members of Congress ask questions around the financial markets, the capital markets. They've never understood them. I did not watch the GameStop hearings a couple of weeks ago for that reason because I knew it would be just painful to watch. And not only do the the members of Congress not understand the minutia of the capital markets and which questions to to ask, but they often hijack you know these hearings for political reasons, and it becomes a a political show. So that's all for now. See you next time.